Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Give Them the Sports Biz. Dan Abone in San Francisco, California, representing the West Coast and, of course, out on the East Coast from beautiful Manhattan and New York City, where it's all happening these days, is the NFL agent Matt Marino. Matt, how are you? Doing well, Dan. Uh, like you said, it's happening, and, you know, we're getting closer and closer to uh, NFL draft, you know, a little countdown here. So doing well, absolutely. Well, what I meant by it's all happening, and unfortunately it's still in sort of a negative aspect, that that <laughs> continues to be the epicenter of the coronavirus and the number of people that have contracted the disease and are dying, and hopefully that will level off and we'll reach the apex and get to a point where this will be at hopefully at some juncture in the rearview mirror and we can get back to life as normal. And as it relates to people like ourselves, we can get back to sports, uh, whatever normal is at this point. And speaking of which, you just mentioned the NFL draft. Right around the corner, coming up at the end of April 23rd, 24th, and 25th, they still say, and I'm talking about the NFL, that the draft will go off from Las Vegas. Oh, actually, is it in Las Vegas this year? I know it's scheduled for Vegas, but are they still going to do it from Vegas, Matt? No, so it's all going to be virtual now. Um, so everything's going to be virtual. Um, you know, it'll be – could be, you know, Roger Goodell, you know, sitting in his home in front of a fireplace, uh, and, and, you know, for the announcing the picks. Yeah. Um, the other option right now is for him to uh, go into a studio somewhere, um, probably ESPN since NFL Network Studios out in, out in the West Coast and uh, – and Goodell is East Coast-based. Um, so, yeah, it'll just be all virtual now. Well, let's just talk about start right there. Because the logistics of this, and you talked about from the television perspective and the NFL network and whoever's carrying it, they at this point have no idea how they're going to cover this. Because typically you have Goodell, then you have your cameras, and you have all these stories, you have your studio host. If everything's virtual, um, even television has no idea where they're going to put their hosts, their analysts, and how they're going to cover this. But let's just talk about it from a player-agent angle when it comes yeah. to the NFL draft this year. You as an NFL agent, just sort of take us through some of the logistics of how that's going to work from the first, second, getting down to the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Yeah, you got it. No, so it is – it's kind of a mess. Um, you know, normally, you know, you're going to have your table of, of uh, Mel Kuyper, McShay, um, you know, a couple of uh, – ESPN analysts and, and on the NFL network side, you know, a similar contingent. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, players who aren't at the draft, um, they're at home with families. Um, sometimes, you know, 50, 60 people that are, you know, packed into their houses or at parties. Um, clearly that won't be happening. Um, then obviously, you know, sometimes agents are, are at those parties as well, uh, fielding phone calls from teams. Um, and then the biggest difference here is that you know, you're fielding phone calls from, from, people's homes where, you know, the logistics can be, you know, pretty crazy. Um, you might have three or four people um, from the same you know, franchise, you know, giving you phone calls because they aren't all in one location together. Um, I think the other part of it is, is just actually how the actual draft pick plays out itself. You know, if you're a, a player that's not at the draft, you know, not at the green room, um, you know, you're going to be at home, you receive a phone call, you know, it could be, you know, Bill O'Brien from Houston, Texas calling you up and saying, Hey, you know, Dan, you know, you, you know, you're getting drafted here and a couple of picks by the Houston Texans. What do you think of it? Um, you know, you haven't been arrested in, in the past 48 hours, haven't been in the hospital in the past 40 hours. Have you sudden, you know, and you know, you, you come back and say, no, you know, I haven't, uh, you know, Mr. O'Brien, um, and Mr. O'Brien hands the phone and he gives the, uh, 
uh, gives your agent a phone call, you know, let them know what's going on that you, you know, you'll be getting picked um, in a couple of picks here. And then, you know, they call back the player again, make sure that, Hey, you look, you know what, we're taking you here. Um, this is, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, stay tuned, you know, in two picks, you'll be, you'll be up. Uh, you'll see your name. Come across. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is for anyone that's not in the green room. Um, anyone that's not, not there. Um, so, and obviously if you're in the green room, you know, they know that, you know, in the past 48 hours, nothing's transpired. If you're, if you're sitting there um, with your family and friends. Um, so that's the big thing there. But yeah, if you're, you know, um, outside of the green room, this is, this is what transpires because they want to make sure that, um, you know, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted um, and nothing, uh, you know, there can be no surprises. Um, Cause the last thing the NFL wants is, you know, someone getting picked and, you know, that person, you know, was arrested, you know, eight hours ago um, or something tragic has happened. Um, so that's really, you know, it could be a lot different this year. You know, it could be, um, you know, one phone call going to the player, uh, you know, one phone call going to the agent who knows where they're located. They're in different cities. Um, uh, a third, you know, member of the personnel staff might be calling the player back again to, you know, to let them know that you've been picked. Um, so it's logistically, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, you'll have um, obviously Roger Goodell, you know, he could be, um, you know, sitting in his living room, you know, making these picks um, or in a studio. And then you might have uh, Tom Machay with, you know, one camera on him in his home office, um, you know, Mel Kuyper doing the same thing at his home office. And then, you know, the, the folks over at NFL Network, uh, you know, doing something very similar where they're, you know, all remote, um, you know. So it's going to take a, a major lift, you know, by all these networks, um, you know, to get this thing you know, going and, and kind of uh, running smooth as possible or, or smooth, I guess you say, in comparison to, to previous years. Just hoping nobody's computer crashes or the whole thing is done. Whole well, thing, yeah. When you think about an NFL football team, what sort of challenges does this present for them to make sure that they're getting the best player and or product joining their football team? Because obviously, with this being unusual times, that they're going to have to do things differently. Does this compromise their ability to really vet the player that they're drafting? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, you know, if you weren't at the NFL combine in Indy in, in February, it's substantially, um, you know, hinders, you know, what teams can learn about you. And the biggest thing for them is, is medicals, right? They want to know your medical information. Um, there's a recheck that they do, you know, every April um, in Indianapolis as well, um, which did not happen this year and will not happen this year, obviously. Um, you know, so anyone that has had an injury, uh, since the end of the season, um, or, you know, was injured during the season or, or needed any kind of, um, you know, extra looks by the doctors, you know, that won't be taking place. Uh, the other part is that, you know, teams aren't able to bring players in for 30 visits, um, you know, and what that enables is a, a team to get to know them, the coaching staff, the front office. Um, and usually those are, you know, um, saved for players who are going to be, you know, very high picks, first round guys, or, or guys that have red flags, um, you know, guys that have been arrested, you know, um, guys have had all field issues, um, you know, who could be um, possible draft picks for their franchise, wanting to see how they're going to work within that franchise, just like any job interview, you want to get to know your employee, um, or your, your potential employee. And then, you know, the other part of it is that, you know, when players are not drafted, they become an under the undrafted free agent. Um, you know, how do teams, you know, kind of evaluate that? Um, you don't have the medicals on them unless, you know, their agent has sent those, you know, those medicals around and, and, you know, that's what we're doing. Um, you have to, you know, get those medicals out to all 32 teams to make sure that they have something to go off of. But then also, you know, when all these players come in, um, you know, the week after the draft for minicamp, 
um, the rookie transition program starts and, and you're not going to have your hands on these guys. Um, so the development process is going to look a lot different this year. Um, you're not going to get the ROI with, you know, your owner um, standing up there with the first round draft pick, second round draft pick and, you know, all their faces, um, you know, doing the press conferences, um, answering the questions, meeting the media. Um, that won't be taking place the next day after they're selected. Um, so it's going to look very, very different this year. But I, I personally think, you know, the biggest thing is that um, the players that are, you know, potential late round picks, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, um, you know, who didn't go to the NFL combine, you know, does the NFL do their, you know, executives have a full scope of their profile? Um, do they really know the player, um, you know, what they're getting, um, you know, in there, especially since, you know, not only couldn't they evaluate them fully, but, you know, they're not going to potentially get their hands on them un until July, possibly. Yeah, here locally in San Francisco, there's a player from the University of California, and he's a safety. And he missed, because of an injury, he missed the combine out in Indy. But this is a guy that runs, supposedly, because nobody put the clock to him, a 4-3-40. And so right now, it's just a crapshoot. And I use him as an example, because some of those guys that weren't able to get to Indy you just simply don't know. When you yeah. talk about, here's an idea. If you can do this virtually in terms of the war room in the NFL draft, then couldn't you have the player virtually via Zoom or whatever, you know, whatever the platform might be the day after, if you were to have a press conference, he's just not there physically, but obviously you could blow him up and have him in the room and ask questions to him live? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you can, you can put him on, you know, your social media channels. Um, obviously what, what, you know, a lot of teams did with uh, free agency is they would have um, their new free agent signings actually meet the media, you know, virtually, you know, so a couple guys, you know, um, actually more than a couple guys, you know, basically just held a, a phone session or a virtual conference call, you know, with 30 members of the media, um, you know, when they signed. Um, and, and obviously you have the local media, you have your national media. Um, so if someone signed in Carolina, you know, they, they did a, a conference call with, you know, probably, you know, six to, you know, a dozen uh, different journalists um, that, that cover the Carolina Panthers, um, you know, whether that's a local outfit or a national outfit. Um, so, yeah, you can, you can go about it that way as well, too. Um, sure. Yeah. So something that's got a lot of traction of late is this video on Twitter from Tua Tagovailoa when he sent out the video essentially showing him working out. And we know as of right now, you can't simply put this guy, you can't have Tua fly, you can't fly him out to your facilities and have your medical guy look at him, run him through the string of whatever it is that you do in terms of making sure that physically he's ready to go or somebody that he's worthy of drafting and never well, I won't go at two, but at three, four, five, depending on you know, what happens with the draft or Detroit or Miami or Miami trades up or what have you. So my question is, is how effective is controlling that narrative for somebody like Tua or anybody else out there that knows that there's questions about their health? And if they're able to control that by sending out a video that they manufacture, can that influence NFL GMs or NFL, uh, the NFL brass, if you will, for their draft status. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, a, you know, someone like him is in a little bit of a different situation. You know, he's obviously, um, you know, a high profile prospect, right? So he, he had a pretty serious injury, not just to his hip, but, but to other ones as well. And I think one of the things that he's been doing is, is seeing these neutral doctors, um, you know, at, at some points and getting these, 
getting reports, you know, to the NFL teams. And that's, you know, really what most injured players uh, should be doing at this point. Um, you know, any kind of, you know, voluntary medical check. Um, it could be, you know, where he's training, um, so, you know, a doctor that's neutral to, you know, where he is, if he's, if he's training and, you know, obviously in Tuscaloosa or in Los Angeles or, you know, in, in Florida, um, wherever he might be. Um, I think his was done by the Tennessee Titans doctor. So he, you know, maybe he's, tra- he's training in Nashville. Um, you know, so um, for him, you know, that's, that's great because, you know, it shows that there's a, an NFL team doctor that's, that's, um, evaluated him, um, and checked him and, you know, obviously cleared him. Um, so he might not have been, um, previous clear, previously cleared to participate, you know, when he went back to the combine, but he's obviously made some steps, uh, in a, in a positive direction and, and is able to do that now. So for him, um, that's great, but, you know, um, you know, he's, he, look, he's got a ton of film out there that, that is, you know, and he's a top 10 pick, um, you know, players that, you know, or potential six round picks that would have his same, same or similar situation. Um, it, it could be quite detrimental because, you know, they might not have the ability to be able to, to get that neutral doctor to look at them. Um, or, and certainly, um, you know, the, the doctor might not be able to, uh, or the doctor might not want to, um, you know, have a look at them or, you know, the, the NFL teams, uh, might not have a reason to have that doctor look at them. Um, you know, if, if it's not a, you know, a top 10, obviously quarterback as well. So Matt, um, if you had somebody in the latter rounds, fourth or fifth or sixth round, and there were some question marks concerning his injury, and he didn't have, as you mentioned, the affordability to get a neutral doctor like that at Tua, would you suggest him doing a video and putting that out there to sort of influence his narrative? Yeah, yeah, to make sure that, you know, everyone knows he's healthy. Um, I think that, you know, anytime you can control the narrative yourself, you know, that's beneficial. Um, and certainly one of the things we've been doing with players um, and, and agents have been doing this with players all over the place, um, because there was no pro days this year, um, you know, players have been filming their own pro days, whether it's with trainers, uh, coaches at their colleges, uh, position coaches, whoever it might be, and getting that information, getting those videos uh to all 32 teams. Um, I mean, that's been going on, you know, for the past probably four to five weeks, even before, you know, the shutdown really was, you know, very, very serious. Um, so I think, yeah, that's, you know, anytime a player can control a narrative themselves and, and demonstrate the teams, you know, what they're capable of, um, teams want to get to know you just like any other, you know, job interview. This is normally, you know, a very long job interview process. Um, it, it starts in August and, and goes through April. Um, but, but certainly the part where, you know, February, March, April is very key because, you know, you're going to have those, those personal touches with teams. Um, and when teams can't get those personal touches, you know, they feel very skeptical, um, you know, throughout this whole process. And you want to be able to lighten that, you know, skepticism. Well, as we talked about, they are going to have the NFL draft as of today. But, of course, you know, things can change. And if nothing else – it, it, it'll give us some respite and a relief from everything that's going on in the world. And certainly that's what they want to supply. And as you had talked about in previous shows, how the NFL and Roger Goodell likes to control the calendar. I think you said they like to, yeah. they like to control the yearly calendar. And so April belongs to the NFL and the NFL, like a lot of major sports has become something that's not just relegated to the regular season, but something that is 12 months out of the, out of the calendar year in April. And of course, this time of the year is all about the draft, which has become a spectacle in and of itself. I just think that, I mean, there's just so many challenges 
coming from a television background and being a sportscaster, there's just so many challenges when you do a show, a typical show, forget about the pandemic and forget about right. doing these things remotely, trying to do this via whatever the platform is, Zoom or FaceTime, but just doing a regular show with all the television cameras and all the control rooms and all the things that have to go right and trying to avoid mistakes and dead air and a camera going out or losing somebody's audio because you're doing it from remotes. This, this just from a technical standpoint is going to be how they're going to do this. First of all, I have no idea whether they're able to pull this off. Uh, that I highly doubt there's going to be some sort of snafu along the way. But Matt, don't you get the feel that when this is said and done, and maybe a year from now, two years from now, they'll look back at this draft and there's going to be teams and there are going to be GMs that may have lost their job and there are going to be teams that will point at this draft and say, for lack of a better term, we got screwed because of COVID-19 or the pandemic because we just simply drafted a guy that typically we wouldn't have because we didn't have access to him or simply because of the surroundings we had to deal with in 2020. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be people losing jobs and, you know, you can certainly point to, to what's going on. You know, normally, I mean, you're talking about, about 140 to, you know, 150 days of, of draft evaluation uh, that this process takes and, you know, maybe you have about 30 to 40% of that this year. Um, you don't have, you know, the 30 visits where you can bring players into your team facilities for medical checks, uh, meetings, um, you know, putting them up on the video board. You don't have the ability to send uh, position coaches and coordinators out to uh, college campuses, not only for pro days, but for individual workouts. Um, hey, you know, can, you know, can you work with this player, um, you know, at this school? You know, can you, can this guy be in your meeting room? Can you see what he's, um, you know, can you see how he's going to develop, you know, over the course of, uh, over the course of his rookie season? Is he a, See a good learner, you know, is he intellectual? Is he a high football IQ? Um, you know, all these things, those little touches that you get, you know, over the course, um, you know, four months, uh, you're not going to be getting any of that stuff. Um, and really, you know, like you just said, Dan, like that, that is going to really cost some people their jobs. Um, certainly not just executives, um, GMs, college guiding directors, but it'll cost coaches their jobs as well. And, and you see, you know, you see every year the coaching carousel, but then you also see all these position coaches moving all over the place. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, these position coaches, you know, they won't be able to stand up at the table, you know, and say, hey, look, this is a guy that, you know, I worked out. I really, really want him. You know, they don't have that luxury this year because they haven't worked them out. Um, they haven't gotten to know them. And, you know, a lot of the decisions, you know, are, are made because of the coaching staff, um, not just the front office and the executives. So, yeah, uh, you're going to see a lot of people losing jobs over this, um, not just in the media, but in the long term as well. Ashton Davis, that's the kid's name, the safety out of the University of California, mm -hmm. who supposedly runs a 4-3, a sub-4-4-40, and missed the Indy Combine. And whether, you know, where he goes in the draft simply because they can't put a clock to him right now will be interesting. But I had to get his name correct because I have family that went to the University of California. So Ashton Davis, best of luck to you. Let's switch to the XFL. The XFL, which canceled its season, like the rest of major sports throughout the country, throughout the world, after just five weeks and five games. Now keep in mind that it was somewhat of a hit the first week, first week and the second week, but the numbers declined in terms of the public interest, the television numbers, and – 
the overall popularity. Do you think the XFL, from a financial standpoint, is one and done, or will we see them back for 2021? Um, I think, you know, I mean, look, I think you'll personally see them back for 2021. I mean, that's their plans. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly comfortable saying that um, and confident saying that. Obviously, you know, they set out to – to be in business, not just for, you know, a one and done situation, uh, like other alternate leads in the have done in the past. Um, you know, they set out for some, you know, for some stability and I think they will be able to provide that. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, with the, with the virus spread and they had to cancel their season as well. Um, I think one of the things that they did was fantastic that, you know, I can't even remember in, in any other league doing this, um, in recent memory, um, is that they paid out the players. Um, you know, players were, were receiving a base salary, um, and they were also receiving, you know, a winner's bonus. You know, the winner's bonus isn't being paid out because, you know, games are, you know, not decided. Um, but a competition bonus is being paid out to the players. Um, so in that regard, I think they did right by the players. Um, most of these alternative leagues, um, you know, do wrong by the players in, in any sense. You know, the AAF, you know, didn't even pay players, um, you know, and, and still owes some players uh, from, from before the season, uh, before the XFL even took off. Um, so, so yeah, I expect to see them in 2021. And I think, you know, going forward, um, they are a good developmental league. You know, you saw some players getting signed, uh, to NFL teams, uh, after the, uh, you know, after the XFL season ended, obviously, you know, the most notable one is, is Walker, the quarterback that, you know, went and joined his, uh, his S coach at, uh, at Temple, uh, Matt Rule in, in Carolina. Um, yeah. And I think you're going to see some other guys getting signed too. They get the tape and, you know, they get shots, um, you know, to, to get either back in the NFL or to really kind of get their first crack in the NFL. So it's, it'll be good to see them back in 2021 as well. Does that come down to essentially, I guess a lot of their fate might be in the hands of those television contracts and like ESPN and some of the networks, Fox, that was televising the XFL. And as I mentioned, had big numbers the opening week. Also, yeah. the XFL, I think it's worth mentioning that she talked about how the players got paid in full, but they also refunded fans as well. They should, but it's worth mentioning because Vince McMahon, who I worked with briefly or worked for, I should say, uh, does not have the strongest reputation, but he did indeed refund the fans in full. And so the XFL, when you look forward to 2021, the television numbers, they dipped considerably. But when you think about it, in terms of TV viewing, there's not a lot going on for the networks to televise that get the sort of numbers, even even though it's, it's was sub a million. I think they was dipping around sub a million. 700, okay. 700 to 600,000 people that were watching. So I think a lot of it will be dependent on the television numbers and whether the television contracts are renewed. But as I mentioned, if you have 700,000 people watching a sporting event, that's a good thing for the month of April for somebody like Fox. So I think a lot of their fate is in the hands of the television contract. Is that pretty much going to determine as to whether they come back or not? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, look, we all know that TV kind of, you know, rules the world here in terms of sports. Um, you know, what you're, what you can get in your, in your, you know, television deals is your broadcast deals is, you know, is going to really determine where you can go. Um, obviously, like you mentioned too, it helps having Vincent Mann and the WWE behind you um, because you, you know, you are well capitalized um, as, you know, others that have been in this space, you know, have not been, you know, the AAF, you know, NBC, um, they weren't well capitalized, um, you know, and the WWE is, is certainly behind them with their financial, you know, financial backing. Um, and I think the other thing is that, um, you know, look, you don't know how the situation is going to play out. You know, you know, do we, you know, it, you're just a hypothetical, you know, what if we don't play the NFL season or we play, you know, 
some kind of shortened version of NFL season. And the first time we can have, you know, football back again is when the, the XFL comes back around. Um, you know, so who knows, you know, how that'll play out in the next couple of months. Yeah, it'll be a wait and see for a lot of us. Well, that's all we're doing these days. It's just we have no idea. Um, the NFL draft apparently is going to take place. And whether the XFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, sports in the world as we know it ever resumes to quote-unquote normalcy is it's an unknown for all of us at this point. Maddie, let's leave it for there for now. And then when we resume, maybe we can pick up some of these, some of the renegades that are trying to make their way back to the NFL some guys who have some serious talent. A.B. was on the blotter recently and some other players that are looking to get back into NFL football uniforms. And maybe we can discuss that at length. But for right now, for Mr. Matty Marino out in New York City, this is Dan Devone. We're giving the sports biz. Until next time. So long, everybody. See you, Dan. Good job. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.